Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately going to connect with. You're going to totally, totally resonate. It's going to totally be your vibe. And then there's going to be other ones that you're going to be like, hey, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Um, I came in a little late, so I'm, I'm down, um, I'm below Paul, so if you kind of look over here at my, my blonde curly hair and green circle, that's where I'm at, um, if you haven't met me before um, or been in one of the rooms. I have to also apologize that I've had a um, quite the week professionally and work-wise, so I was really working up until about five minutes ago. Um, and so if I repeat some things, I apologize. I am really, really excited because my friend Brian Fanzo, okay, it's, he's all of our friends, let's just be honest, is going to join me in a half an hour. Um, and we're going to just, we're going to riff about technology because sometimes I feel like I just ramble on um, myself about what I, what I think about everything. Um, you know, when I saw the title of the room, so just, just to be clear, Yes, you all know me from uh, how I've been able to grow on TikTok, um, but really TikTok is a tool for me um, in my consulting business. So, uh, and, and just fun. It was just fun for me to get started on TikTok last year when everything was, you know, blowing up and I just needed to laugh. So when I came on Clubhouse, that's kind of what everybody knew me as. And I wasn't mad at that. That's cool. I, I didn't quite, you know, get my groove here. Um, you know, it's kind of evolved. But first and foremost, I'm a technologist. I got into tech in the early 90s. Um, as a teenager, I worked on the Y2K bug. There's a lot of flexes that I could go into. <laughs> my, working on the Y2K bug is totally my flex. Um, but I say that now because it's more pertinent now than it ever has been because of the way things worked back then are exactly how they work now. Um, the fear that people have of technology and things they don't understand is really, is real, right? I, I know that there's a lot of fear involved with these new concepts and these, this new world of digital currency and, and all of that. 
Um, and I think there's a huge responsibility for those of us who have been in the, the world of educating people on technology. That's been my my jam for a long time is is really trying to educate. That's one of the things that I've been able to do on TikTok is teach people about these these big concepts like blockchain and, and cryptocurrency. And um, now I'm in process of teaching women how to be financially secure with cryptocurrency. So that's something Woo-hoo! I'm really passionate about. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Um, also, um, sorry, just lost my train of thought. I think that the, oh, so what happened in the, in the nineties with like the internet coming out and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't widely adopted right away. So I think people need to remember that just by you being in these clubhouse rooms and just by you having the um, curiosity of what's going on, that's the start of this. Just know that you don't have to know everything right away. I mean, I went through five years of college, uh, you know, back in the nineties learning binary code and assembler code and i'm still learning 25 years later 30 years later right i'm still learning everybody says you're such a tech you know guru and all of this right because i'm i've been learning and i immerse myself in the education and learning this stuff just like everything else it takes a while to understand it and not a lot of people were you know quote unquote on board with the internet, they didn't understand it. What, you know, what is this Netscape? Uh, I don't know, flash your mics if you ever use Netscape. <laughs> it's just like, you know, if you go to the Wayback Machine, uh, just Google that, you can see how things looked back in the day. It was, it's just really funny um, and really cool. Um, so, so we're gonna talk about, so I saw the title of the room and I was like, Oh boy, because um, yesterday we had a big conversation and some of my tech friends got into a room or we went into a room after that and kind of, you know, had a powwow. Like, how do we explain this to people? Because metaverse is a very easy, simple thing to understand, but it's also something that is going to take a minute for everyone to really wrap their mind around because it's, it's always been a thing. You are in the metaverse right now. It is a, it is a virtual concept. And if any of you have, do any of you have kids or do you yourself spend time playing video games? And I know we talk about like the Sims and uh, different things that actually emulate a, a world where you can like be in it. And you, you know, your, your eyes are looking at the screen or even if you have a VR headset, you're like, you're in it, right? It's, it's, it's visual, but if you take that and, you know, have a 30,000 foot view on everything, which again is very meta, right? We want a view of a view to get how that works. Like we want to take this and and look back at it as, or how, how many of you, this is a great example. How many of you have kids that watch YouTube videos of other people playing games? Yes. I know you have that, right? My and nephew does it all the time. I don't get all it. the time. My son. We my, all. My, my son used to make. Oh God, God. Sorry, my my tech friends are coming in. Um, I'm so excited. So, so so that is meta. Okay, it's a basic concept of watching someone else play a game. It's 
that's how things work. Or if I do a TikTok video about making a TikTok video, that's meta. And so when we when we think about the metaverse in terms of like what we're saying right now, where Facebook wants to get into the metaverse or, um, you know, this company wants to invest in things of the meta NFTs are a part of a metaverse. There is a there's a place called Decentraland. Um, hopefully my friend Godcloud can jump in and help me too. And Fanso is going to be here in a little bit. Um, because not all of us know exactly these things, right? Like I'm not an NFT artist. I am a programmer. So I will consult with people and, and have like, especially with artists who don't have a technical background and help them get their art into the metaverse. Does that make sense? So if, if they go from a, a JPEG on the screen, getting it into the metaverse is a process. So to say like the title, will the metaverse end Facebook? Um, the answer is absolutely not because they are making the changes. Just like we said yesterday, business and technology is ever changing. And it's so rapid that if you don't change, you will die. And if you don't understand this, you will die professionally. And that's what I kind of put out there too about cryptocurrency. And we can talk about that. We can talk about NFTs, whatever we want to talk about. Um, you, it's going so, so fast. And it's here and it's not going anywhere. The um, market for Bitcoin has now surpassed that of traditional banks. It's not going to happen in years to come. It has happened. And so, you know, understanding what that means, that it, it doesn't act like traditional money. It doesn't act like uh, traditional banks, okay? There's a term called unbanking. We're gonna do a room about that um, probably tomorrow. And, and that's essentially what we're doing is we're removing that third party and we're in control we are in control of what is happening, whether it's in this metaverse. Now, I will say this really quickly. I am very, um, I am very much human and I very much need physical interaction. And I believe that will never be replaced. There's probably going to be some type of, and there already is, but mass adoption of these VR headsets, this, this immersive technology where you can actually, it's like tact, you know, it's tangible, it's um, tactile uh, with your fingers, right? Like it's going to emulate actually physically touching. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how fast that's going to become, you know, a, a widely adopted technology. So my friend, God Cloud, how are you, my friend? I'm so glad you came in. You just popped in. I was like, "Oh, please help me talk about NFTs." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing good. How's everybody doing today? We're awesome. So glad you're here. What's the latest NFT project you are working on? And let me actually let me let me t um, put this to, to you. How would you explain an NFT to a four-year-old? Have you been asked that before? Like four-year-old that doesn't understand. Yes. <laughs> I know, me too, me too. I want to know what yeah. you say. <laughs> um, how how I define it, and this might be a little too advanced for a four-year-old, but um, the, the simplest way 
I say it. All it is is it's a digital representation of a unique asset. That's it. That's really all it is, you know? Yep. It's just that that hash code that's saying that, hey, this exists, you know? It's something that is used to just verify ownership and a transaction at the end of the day. So it's really, I think a lot of people get caught up thinking that, you know, because we see, when we see like, oh, this NFT sold, it's like some crazy thing that like a, a spaceman swimming in like a sea of digital donuts. And it's like, oh man, that's crazy. But that's not, like, that's not what the NFT is. The NFT it's you know, it's just that little verification that allows us to, you know, um, exchange digital art or digital anything or any type of asset. And it gets verified by the blockchain, which is immutable. So it's, it's really simple. It's just like a digital receipt that can't be, you know, um, like uh, altered or changed, you know, so right. that's that's simplest explanation I think I could get, I could give right I now. I love that. And, and sometimes when people, you know, when we say this sort of string of words, right, like blockchain, hash, immutable, it's like, okay, let's break it down even further, to, which I'm not going to do right now. That's not what the you know, point of this segment, unless people want that. But I heard a really cool example of like, you know, just, just the difference between crypto and regular. It's like, or, you know, digital uh, assets is like, if you exchange two $5 bills with a $10 bill, that is the same physical, uh, or sorry, it's a different physical form, right? Because one says five, the other says 10, even though it's paper. And if you exchange those two things, it's a, an equal exchange. Um, but if you're on the, if you have a one of one, you exchange it for something different, you have to have, which is, let's say, God Cloud's piece of art, right? Or whatever it is, whatever digital asset um, you're dealing with. And then you exchange that for crypto, which is another thing that I really love pointing out that whenever somebody says this sold for, you know, $69 million, no, it didn't. It sold for however much ether, uh, Ethereum that was. So how much ETH that was, that's a cryptocurrency. So Sometimes I have to like really move people out of this idea that somebody went to their bank account, their, you know, JP Morgan or Wells Fargo bank account, took out 69 million US dollars and gave that to this NFT creator. That is not how it works. There is a whole world of cryptocurrency that is a, like I said, the market has surpassed now traditional banking. And that ETH was, was transacted over a blockchain, over the blockchain, whichever one is is being used for that, which in this case is is Ethereum, and that has been exchanged for the. Sometimes we call it the metadata, the data behind the digital asset that's sitting as code. That's what you. That's what you own, is that uh, piece of contract that you own, and what goes on top of it is the art so i know a lot of people have lots of different ways to explain this but the the overall idea of this is that you get to own things you get to actually control your own assets whereas you know with traditional financing and banking there's a third party there's there's other hands in the pot and there's no way of of getting that out because somebody, you know, some other third party has to be in control of it, yeah, so right? Yeah. To say, yes, this transaction is correct. So with, with blockchain, 
that takes out the middleman. That just, it, it's, it's one big, huge group of, of computers that all decide, yep, that, that's where that lives. And then it just keeps getting verified across that, that big, huge, I'm like standing up in my living room as if you can see how I'm using my hands to, to describe this. It's just one big world of computers connected saying, you know, verifying that this is the actual thing, just like a bank would do, except for the fact that this is immutable. There is no way of hacking it. There's no way. And that's something that you just have to take our word for, because to explain how that works would take, I would have to do a marathon room, which is totally willing to do. God, Claude, if you're ready, we can just start that later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so now that you've all fallen asleep, um, are there questions? Is there, do you guys want to chime in about anything? Does anybody want to correct me? I have no problem with that. It is not, a, you know, explaining these things is not an exact science. Um, uh, I know Kate's here and I explained it to her. <laughs> hi, bro. Oh, oh, hi. How are you? Hi, my name is Opay and I do, I have been teaching, um, my fashion friends. I work in the fashion industry, but I teach all of my fashion friends about NFTs, about the metaverse, about augmented reality, virtual reality, extended reality, all of these different terms that have come up because of technology. And I feel that we have to move into it because we, um, it, it is coming. It's native to the children. The children already understand this. Um, you're, if anybody in here has kids, I'm sure your children are already playing on Roblox, which is a form. It's, it's actually not a form. It is the metaverse for children. And, um, and so now, you know, these other platforms are starting to, you know, get hit to these things too. Um, you know, uh, cryptocurrency is going to, you know, um, probably be a big part of our lives in the future. And just like you were saying, um, Brooke, the, the NFTs are being sold on cryptocurrency and to, um, to, in order to purchase, you know, an NFT, you need a, what we call a, a cryptocurrency wallet. These things will be terms that everybody will have to, you know, start to adapt to in order to, you know, um, to do to do a lot of things because NFTs are, you know, they're an anomaly right now, but they're going to be a big part of life because an NFT is simply your idea that is tokenized on onto the blockchain, which is just a series of of blocks that record a point of origin to say this is where things started from. I wouldn't be surprised if they start doing, uh, you know, making, you know, us into uh, NFTs of, of a certain sort because it would be almost like, you know, uh, a social security number that, you know, like couldn't be changed. But but I, I just want to remove remove any confusion from that. And NFT is is right now it's it's your idea. And that could be anything if you're a writer. You know, it could be a book. If you are a uh, an an, um, uh, an artist, it could be your art. If if you're a singer, it could be your music. It could be anything that is authentically yours, that you take and make a digital token of it and put it on this thing we call the blockchain, which is where it cannot be disputed of its point of origin. It it is almost like having a trademark uh, that cannot be changed 
inside of this blockchain. Um, but it is fueled by cryptocurrency. Currently, right now, you have to um, what we call mint your NFT, which is, you know, that you have to take it and you have to record it onto the blockchain, which you would pay someone we call right now a miner, which is just a person, you know, who just handles the, the transaction and puts it onto that blockchain and makes it real. And then you would pay them a fee, which is called gas, um, in order to put that onto the blockchain. And like you said, it's immutable. Nobody can change it. Nobody can destroy it. Nobody can can say it did not exist. And it's it's a good point of origin. It will hold people accountable in the future, and it will become um, how we do life. Um, now, this is the, places like you said, the central land is a, is a place that can hold NFT art. And um, you can display your your uh, your NFT art there because it, it is uh, decentralized, and a lot of the the transactions for for NFTs are uh, what we call decentralized, meaning they don't have a bank. You it, there's no person accountable but yourself. You have made yourself your own bank. You've made yourself you like you said, Brooke. You you eliminated the middleman. There's no middleman in a place that's decentralized. Um, so like if you had a, uh, if, and I don't want to confuse anybody, this is probably, I'm probably going outside of the range of yeah, keeping let it me, simple, I'm let sorry. Let me just stop you real, really yeah, quick. And sorry I, about I would never, no, 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 please don't apologize. Please, please, please don't apologize. And you guys know I would never interrupt somebody speaking because actually, okay, let's, let's connect. And I really, and then Kwani also, and Fanzo and GodCloud, like, let's do a specific room for this and just dive into it. And people that want to listen can, because you guys, it can get really complicated. And we, we get that. Okay. We've been in this for so long that it, like, when, when we all throw these words around, we, we are in it. Right. So just remember that don't be afraid of all these words go and do some research, just understand the basics. We're doing our best to explain the basics because it's so exciting. It's so exciting for me. Um, I, I would tell this story. I was in computer science school at Northern Illinois University. It was 1994, okay? And I took an intro to computer science. Um, back then it was just Fortran and COBOL, and it, which by the way, th I know those are different words. They're just really old computer programming languages, very basic. Um, not the kind of stuff you see today. And this, this, this professor in my intro to computer science course was jumping around the stage, freaking out, being like, you just don't understand. It's just going to take off. It's going to be like a rocket. We're all like, dude, calm down. You know, like, what is, what is your deal? You know, cause we're all like sitting in the computer lab. Nobody had computers in their rooms. And again, I'm not saying that I'm old, I'm saying that it has moved so fast that it's like your head will spin. And so we're in that again. It's going to move so quickly that your head will spin. So all I'm saying is listen as much as possible. We're gonna do everything we can to educate because again, it's so exciting. In 2009 is when Bitcoin became a thing, when all of this became a thing. Again, I don't think things are invented, they're just discovered. And 2011 comes around 
I had been hearing about this and my ex-husband and I, who already were building computers and were already gamers, we built a mining computer. I tell this story not to say like, oh, I could have had, because I think we had 700 Bitcoin and who knows where those are, but they're definitely a part of the 4 million Bitcoin that are just lost. So back then we couldn't see the future. A lot of people could see the future. We could not. And that's how Bitcoin is created is with a machine, with a computer, okay, that, that answers a question. And the first computer to answer that question is rewarded with a Bitcoin. That's how it works. And that's why you hear of all of these big warehouses in China. And I think there's a few in Mongolia that just are massive because that's how much processing power it takes to be the first to answer the question. That's all it is. And then a Bitcoin is given to them. And then you can go, we can go as mere mortals, go and buy these on a cryptocurrency exchange. That's how it works. And then that's called investing. And you hold on to your crypto because everyone's seeing how this is going so fast, just like my computer science 101 uh, um, professor was jumping around the stage. That's us right now. That's me. That's Fanzo. That's God Cloud. That's Opay. Like that's what's happening now. So take our excitement and our fuel and love for this and learn and soak up everything you can because you could even just learn it by osmosis, right? Just let us keep saying words. (laughs) Blockchain, 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 because that's the future. And when I talk, talk to I'm, I'm really excited, Fanzo. We are going to have a conversation. I'm so happy you're here. Um, when I go and talk to the girls, right? So I go into junior highs and actually the, the grade schools. Um, I'm trying to get to them as young as possible. And I do these workshops. And especially the ones who are already thinking about, like, what their future is going to be. I'm telling you, 100% of the time, I tell them, you've got to study something with technology. Even if you want to do something that doesn't have anything to do with technology, at least in your mind, do technology first, learn blockchain, learn cybersecurity, and then that will set you up because by the time you are in the workforce, that will be all you will be working with. So if you have daughters, here's my free advice. Uh, I mean, it's all free, but you know, 90% of them, when they're asked, these girls want to understand technology. They want to. I was with uh, a bunch of these amazing people in Dallas last week, and I met one of my newest, greatest friends, Adora, and her daughter was there. And she saw my my uh, motherboard tattoo on my chest and shoulder and was like, you know, her eyes widened. And I said, do you want me to come back and we'll build a computer together? And I thought she was going to cry. She was so excited about it. This is what's happening in the world of uh, the kids, <laughs> the youngins, right? And and speaking of that, and then we're going to get into another discussion. Um, here's a way to think about um, an NFT. It's just a different way. There's lots of different ways. If you've met me in person and if you've watched my TikToks, you've seen that I have a um, a motherboard and a hive circuit tattooed to my chest and shoulder and um, my, the side of my neck and the back of my neck. And it kind of took on a life of its own when I started doing TikTok videos and people are obsessed with it. And I do have a fan base, <laughs> sounds so weird, <laughs> I have a follower count. And 
they people just they love it i've done videos just about that what that means and how it's gonna go down my arm and so i took a little video of it right there's already fans right there's already uh it's just like an, an artist it's the reason why beeple sold his art for 69 million dollars is because he has a raging fan base and they are they were chomping at the bit to own something of his so when i come out with this nft that's kind of this moving we're we're making it so that the motherboard actually moves in this little um this little image and that will be one of one and somebody will be able to say <laughs> that they own brooke j lacy's tattoo and as ridiculous as that sounds and who knows maybe it sounds for sells for you know a half an eighth i don't know it, or, or maybe a quarter of one um that's what's happening is somebody can then own a piece of whatever it is that they um are a fan of that that's it that's all there is to it it's even though that it lives on me it's somebody else owns the likeness of it so i don't know if i said that right but welcome welcome brian fanzo i think i'm supposed to do a reset um christy are you there because I, I wasn't looking at my reset list so i'm wondering if there's somebody that can just jump in and do a reset for me really quick. Um, I think I put everyone to sleep, Fanzo. So it's just me and you, buddy. Like, I got you, everyone's I got you. sleeping. <laughs> um, I'm here. Oh, Christy, you're my lifesaver. Because I was like, give me a second. I'm looking no one is sleeping. No one is sleeping. I know. We just can't reset. <laughs> oh, yes, we can. <laughs> Good afternoon, you guys. We're in the bar. Oh, is someone else talking? Yeah, Christina's in the Matrix. Okay, we're good. All right, you guys. You are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Club, and we are here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration. Um, we are actually under the Breakfast with Champions, but this is a social media show. Today we're talking about, will the metaverse and Facebook, and we have Miss Brooke here talking about all of the things and everyone else helping her. She's amazing. We do this from 11 to 1, um, Monday through Friday, along with these incredible sessions from the top thought leaders um, all morning long. This includes amazing social media show, plus celebrity interviews and more. We don't want you to miss a moment, so make sure that you're following the club. Go to the top of your screen and click on that little greenhouse. Also, I want you guys to tap on the plus sign. Love for you guys to invite some more people in. We have about 25 more minutes to go. And so I know that Brooke's going to just blow it up for us. So go ahead. Back to you, Brooke. I'm going to totally blow it up. <laughs> just like my week has been. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Um, you know, and I, I was just, because I, I have this problem with when I'm on Clubhouse, I'm doing like so many other things. So I just saw my, my beautiful friend Brooke's text message saying, you know, I'm her idol and that she loves my tech brain. And it's like, you know, after 30 years of doing this, I would hope so, right? Like, remember everybody that I, I've been doing this so long and it's what I enjoy. I was just recently interviewed for the local um, news show talking about like women in tech and I w it wasn't easy for me. I think I failed assembler code like three times before I got a D and was able to graduate, you know, like, I, but I loved it so much. I loved it so much that I just kept going. And that's when people say, do what you love. That is precisely what I did. And that's why 
it didn't matter that my first business had to close in 2016 because I knew there would be something else. And I knew there would be, you know, it would just keep moving that way because I was in my element. Um, and there's no way I could ever go back to working for somebody else because there's so much changing all the time that I get to be a part of that. Somebody else who is also in that same uh, beautiful world is my friend, Brian Fanzo. And he's one of my heroes because I aspire to, to speak on stages and to inspire people. So Fanzo, thank you for being here um, as a futurist. What do you think about all this? Are you just kind of like me, like super glad that everybody's just getting on board? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I love the setup, Brooke. And uh, yeah, excited to share. You know, I, I, I jumped in kind of the perfect timing. You know, I think, you know, we are living in a, in a time and space when, uh, you know, where we have to kind of not only look at technology as what it's disrupting, but how we need to disrupt even our mindset on how we approach the concept of technology, right? And I think uh, if we could go back in time and say, you know, what if we were, what if we were on the bleeding edge, the web, you know, started to emerge uh, in the, you know, mid late '90s uh, into 2000 with a you know, dot com boom, or you know, what what if we were, you know, kind of on that edge as social media kind of started to disrupt? Like all of these things are kind of. Uh, you know, very interesting, you know, shifts in the in the landscape. But, you know, I think where we're at right now in this kind of shift towards not only the idea of, you know, decentralization, which is what, you know, blockchain was kind of discussed here a little bit. Uh, you know, blockchain is that great reset. It is the, the aspect where so much of what we've built, so much of the thought process on how we integrated technology in our lives was very transactional based in the idea of getting... Uh, higher qu quantity. We always wanted more and more and more and more. Like that's how the the, the web 2.0, the internet was kind of built. And if we look at what blockchain is enabling and where we're moving forward, we're moving towards the idea of you know quality over quantity. And we're moving towards an idea of rather one entity owning everything, i.e. Facebook or i.e. Google or i.e. Apple or uh, Amazon. We're moving towards a world where we move away from that centralized entities owning things, and now we as individuals get to own and control and, and shift the way that we manage our data, the way that we connect with things. And it's an exciting time. I think it's also a time uh, for, for many of us to, I think the, the big advice I have is from, you know, part of what my job is to, to translate the geek speak, uh, which I enjoy, you know, taking some of the complex uh, ideas and saying, okay, here's what we need to think about today. And here's what we need to be listening for tomorrow, right? And I think, you know, there the NFTs, the crypto space, um, it can be very exciting, it can be very volatile, it can be very chaotic, um, but it's also just one small example of what's possible in this whole idea of blockchain, right? The, the entire concept of how we manage data and information online will, will never be the same. It, we are, every aspect of every data sharing, from a, how we look at a credit report to how we purchase a car to um, even like the let's just say the the you know in the car per example like how we look at maintenance of a car all of those things like how they're tracked how they're looked at will be connected to a digital asset that'll be transparently set out in the world and so the beauty of this is that you know transparency gives us a lot of opportunities but it's also um, we have to fail and try a lot of things and learn. I think that's kind of the beauty of what you know, Brooke, you were saying too, is like, I think a lot of this is you don't feel overwhelmed to do everything, but do feel compelled to listen to see what everyone's doing. And because I think the examples 
that are out there in the world right now are there's so many places where just by listening to you know the success stories and the failures we can come up with some really great ideas on kind of reinventing you know what's possible so yeah exciting times no doubt oh that's why i brought you in here this is what i'm saying that there's this this like existential piece of this right uh where the world is changing and it's for the good and sometimes what what i veer to in conversations is this idea of like the nefarious you know aspect of uh, things like dark web and all of these things that people don't quite understand and when and then i always go back to like the y2k bug which was this issue where people thought you know as soon as 99 turned to zero zero it wouldn't know that zero zero was it was you know ahead of 99 right when the year moved over clicked over and that all of a sudden all this this newfangled computer code would blow up and planes would fall from the sky so there's this you know fear but the thing is there was we we'd been working on it for years this was a it was not a a thing that showed up you know december 1st 1999 like oh god what are we going to do about this and that's the same thing here is that there's always there's always people out there who are working to secure and um make things the best for people um in the nerd world right in the programming world in the hacker world and uh, you know even when we talk about blockchain as the future even elections dare i say um you know i know when all that was happening i was talking to my parents and i'm like do you even know what blockchain is it's it's security it's it's immutable we could if if american idol had something you know years and years ago where you could vote on your phone and it would know that you, that was your only vote you couldn't vote again you think that we can't implement that on a grand scale the answer is we can and all of us are kind of sitting back like you know why hasn't this been implemented but it will so that's when we say blockchain is secure and immutable it, it is there's there's no questioning it that is how it works you have to take our word for it and that's what's going to happen in the future is it's just going to keep going like this somebody came up to me i kid you not and thankfully they did at the conference last week and said you know you changed my mind i thought cryptocurrency was fake and i think i fell to the floor um you all that were there saw me fall to the floor all five ten of me um and you know it's kind of a joke but it's not fake it is very real and the future is here thank you for coming to my ted talk i'm dropping the mic no it wasn't even a mic drop so who wants to add in you're more than welcome to ask fanzo a question um kind of just go around god cloud do you want to add anything my friend um yeah yeah real quick just the, the question I'm gonna totally switch gears. I got I got to talk about NFTs in an hour for several hours, so I'd rather talk talk about something else really quick. But when, when it says, will the metaverse and Facebook? I just, I always like making this point that you know, Facebook is a part of the metaverse. You know, if you look at it, if you really like zoom out, you know, and look at everything, like Clubhouse is a metaverse you know just because it's not like 3d and you know we can walk around and there's you know like fancy pictures floating in midair all this stuff just because it's not super like you know decked out with this doesn't mean it's not a metaverse like instagram social media all that stuff that's a metaverse it's all like you know the central land um super world crypto boxes it's all extensions of this you know 
metaverse has been growing since they made the telephone. You know, anything that's not real life, that's not IRL. I got to get used to saying that. It's so funny hearing people say that. I'm like, what is that? Is it like a like a website or something? But no, like anything that's not IRL is metaverse. You know, so I think the 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 question should kind of be like, well. You know, no, no, I, I don't think it should be that, but I, I think it should be like something more or less. Is, is, is Facebook a part of the metaverse? And the answer to that is, is yeah, obviously I just said all this stuff, but yeah, I think people, because they see all these new things, they think that it's somewhat separate from what's been going on and not just like the evolution of, you know, what we've already been involved in. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to go off on that tangent for a little bit, but yeah, I'm done talking now. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, fans are going. I, I just want to throw in, I think, because I think this is such an interesting, you know, cross section, right, on what we look at as, um, you know, kind of the future and how things are, are kind of shared. I think understanding, you know, like, you know, we can we can attack Facebook for um, what's going on, but we also have to understand, like, there, you know, there was no playbook in this idea of, you know, how do we manage data at a rate where we are willing to give away everything about us, what we like, what we don't like, who we like, who we don't like, um, who we vote for, who we don't for, vote for, where we go, <laughs> where we don't go. We were willing to give away that data um, for connection, right? For connecting with people, for connecting with, um, you know, let's face it, I've always been a big fan whenever I see, you know, I'm a sneakerhead. Uh, when I see whichever, you know, pair of shoes I left in my, uh, in my box, in my outbox or in the, in the cart of my last store, in the feed of my Facebook, I'm like, oh man, I didn't go and buy those yet, right? Like there's an element of like, of, of customization. There's an element of personalization that has been enabled thanks to a lot of these platforms, including Facebook. And we've been using it for free in many ways. And I think the other aspect of where we're going in this is that, you know, we want to be able to control our data, our, our ownership, our information, because we've realized uh, in the internet space is really where the power is, right? The idea, the ability to market, the ability to advertise, even the ability to create, you know, dynamic experiences is, uh, is in many ways 100% dependent on the data that we're willing to put out, right? Like even from the standpoint of, you know, I was, you know, when we're, when we're thinking about this from like a Facebook metaverse perspective and like where NFTs fit into this and, and even the idea of crypto, a lot of the idea of where we can share, how we can collaborate, there's been limits like borders, right? The idea of we can't exchange a lot of goods because there's a lot of money issues on exchange, right? Or even let's think about it from like a, a third world country or a country where maybe they, they're, the, the government is changing, the way the government is changing. And you know when that government is overthrown, their ability to get access to the currency that they had locally um, was always something that was limited, right? And even the idea of uh, a bank for different industries. You know, I do some work in personal branding for those that are sex workers, and sex workers are is a space that have not been able to, um, although they do a legal service, they are not able to use some of the most common things that that many of us kind of take uh, for granted. And in a world where we think about this idea of freedom and we think about this idea of pushing, you know, the limits, we have to think about, you know, how do we move the regulatory bodies and these centralized um, things from the power that we gave them, right? Like 
Facebook having so much power, it was it would not exist if we were not willing to give up all of our data for all of these years along the way. And some would argue we didn't know we were doing it. Uh, I would also argue like that's like saying like you know we we all signed the same terms in agreement, but we didn't, none of us read that. Like there's there's a lot of things that have kind of existed in our world where we've kind of opted into ways of doing things. And the scary part, I, and I, I just would put this out there just from like a standpoint of thinking about the me you know metaverse and we think about where this is all going. You know, there is lots of upside on this transparency and this future of block blockchain, but there's also some heavy downsides of where we've been able to kind of leverage and take advantage for years, and it, it's no longer going to exist. If you think about the idea that all of a sudden we are going to be able to control our data and decide, I mean, we're already doing that, right? For websites, we have to we have to you know opt in for them to accept our cookies today. We have to decide if we want them to be able to share data across websites. Well, all of a sudden, our ability to serve the right people at the right time using you know Facebook ads or Twitter, you know whatever that may be, is going to be a lot harder. And so I think the the warning shot that I give is that we've been if we've been really reliant on not really great service and not really great experiences, but being able just to you know, hammer the, 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 a group of audience that you believe needs your products and services, like those businesses are gonna be out of business. Like it's gonna be a very shift. And then the other piece of this is from a security perspective. You know, my background, I did nine years of cybersecurity uh, for the Department of Defense. I worked here out of the Pentagon, three trips to Iraq, two to Afghanistan. Uh, I've been to 76 countries deploying uh, cybersecurity tools. And for me, a lot of what my job was, was to figure out how do we, how do we collaborate and share policies? How do we connect the dots? But the biggest threat in cybersecurity uh, since cyber since the internet existed has not been the hackers has not been the chinese has not been facebook le leaking our data it's actually been insider threat individuals like all of us clicking on links and un you know unrealizing what we're doing giving up our information or where where we are you know on purposely shifting something and giving data that we don't realize what is involved in that data right and i think uh, i've heard brooke share about like even the meta you know data that is set inside of a photo right we don't often realize that we could send a photo to someone or post a photo online and the amount of data that is included in that photo can oftentimes tell us the device the exact location the 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 photo you took before the photo you took after um, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that exists and that that number one you know attack to our, our digital world is actually it's called insider threat it's actually individuals like us making mistakes individuals like us you know doing something where we're not protecting the th things the way that we should and so I think there's something to be said about thinking about this is ownership is great decentralization is great but we are going to move to a space where there are a lot of centralized benefits that we didn't realize were benefits, that we didn't realize were ways of, that we've kind of been taking advantage of. And so I think with, it's exciting to kind of move the, the, the currency rate right, with, with uh, cryptocurrency and we think about NFTs connecting you know, digital assets to offline community and experiences. But I think we also have to kind of level set on, you know, with, with great power comes great responsibility as Spider-Man says, right? As with great power over our own data will also require us to be very diligent in where we share it, how we share it, who we're connecting with. And I think this is going to just, it just has, takes a different shift in how we approach a lot of our business. And I do believe that it's a greater good. It's very much like, you know, we have to look at what the problem is, you know, very much like the Me Too movement in a way. Um, the Me Too movement, you know, social media 
um, did not create um, all these bad players. Social media gave us a voice and access to these horrible humans in powerful positions that have been doing these bad things for years upon years upon years, and it just gave us that access. And I think when we look at the future in blockchain and some of these technologies, it's also going to expose some weaknesses in infrastructure, weaknesses in the way we've designed our culture, and there are going to be some tipping points that are going to be pretty ugly. And you know, politics might be one of them. Um, you know, it might be one of them when it comes to even when we think about you know um, how we buy and sell goods. But I think in the end, as we look, get past that tipping point, we are going to move to a, a world where if you are buying something or you're a part of something, then you are also part of the creation of this. This co-creation idea is to me a beautiful, beautiful idea. And so I think as, as leaders, as creators, as business owners, the idea that we can share together, and, and I'll use that quote, right? The rising tide lifts all boats. Like to me, this is where we're moving. And I think I'm excited to be a part of a ride where those that are, that are working hard to lift us up are also lifting those around them. And, and that's where we're moving forward. Oh my God, I'm like jumping up and down. I just want to say, I, uh, Tara, definitely going to you, but I'm like oh. jumping up and down. I wish I could be yelling that I um, need to be quiet in the house. Uh, this is why, this is why we, we talk about these things together. I brought up something um, a, a while ago, um, I don't know, either a room or on TV or something um, about the industrial revolution, right? The, the invention or like I say, the discovery of the combustion engine. You didn't have to understand how the combustion engine worked. You just had to know how to drive the car. However, then people needed to get together and understand the combustion engine and, and be able to grow from there. And then it became more and more understandable. And then it became, hey, this is how a car works. And I know this is such a rudimentary explanation of it, but being together with this and, and inventing things together and sharing knowledge, this knowledge brokering, just like we're doing on here is going to be right. the future. You, you have to understand how this works because you are using it. You are all holding one of the most incredible inventions that we've ever seen, a smartphone. And to, to take it for granted, you are doing yourself a huge disservice to understand what is happening, understand what does terms of service mean? What is this meta thing that they keep talking about? I'm Don't, sorry, we went so you know, far stop saying to yourself, you know, we all talk about mindset and, and not saying negative things. Okay, so that also pertains to this is too confusing for me. This is too difficult. Um, and especially don't say stuff like that in front of your children. I, th that's always what I go to when I'm talking to, um, you know, adult humans is when the moms and dads would bring their daughters to my workshops and they would say things like, this is so crazy. I'm glad you're doing this because it's so over my head and it's confusing. And I say, you know, they can hear you, right? Because it starts with that. If you say it's confusing, then they think it's confusing and they're going to think it's too hard and I'm not going to do it. So it's the right. same thing we're telling you here is that we're pouring into you because you need to know this. You need to understand what you're holding in your hand, what things you're putting out onto the internet, because no, it is not private and it will never go away. You, some, I can't tell you how many times I'm sure fans will get this question, how do I scrub myself from the internet? You don't. Okay, Tara, what is up, my friend? Well, there was a form there. <laughs> I just, first off, I wanna say I have the biggest geeky girl crush on Brooke. Every <laughs> girl, yeah. I mean, every time you talk, I am like, oh, what is she gonna say next? You, you like, areas up in my brain that I didn't even know were there. So oh my just God. 
thank you so much. Thank you so much for all of the knowledge you bring in. And I know that maybe sometimes, I don't know, but I assume that maybe sometimes you wonder if it's a bit too much or cumbersome or whatever, but it's not. I mean, you make it very accessible. Um, I hate to say you dumb it down because I don't even think you do. I think that we are just ready for this information. So, and thank you for telling us to lean in and, you know, not, you know, not tell ourselves we're going to be confused, but actually tell ourselves, hey, I think I'm going to get this. And then I think I'm going to be able to share it. So thank you. Thank you so much. So my question is, I just have a quick question. Um, as we move forward, this, this clubhouse room is the one place I come for this kind of new information, but where are other resources? Where can I go online? Um, who else can I listen to that is not going to steer me in the wrong direction? That's actually going to give me correct info and info that I can digest. Love it. Um, there's so many and of course i'm going to plug myself because that's the direction i've gone with TikTok. um not only will you laugh because i'm just ridiculous but i do try to explain things the best way i can so go and follow me there wherever you can find i'm starting a youtube channel but there's a lot out there um guy named um uh defi dad uh it's just d-e-f-i dad on youtube i love that he says dad because i think it makes him super relatable um, I want to ask Fanzo too, like where, you know, you know, to go get information, but the really, really basic stuff, I think it's so easy to learn on TikTok. That's where I learned. Um, there's, well, I learned a lot of stuff there about other topics I wasn't aware of just in these 15 to 30 second, you know, chunks of information that in itself is great because then you're not sitting through a huge long YouTube video or having to read things. Um, but I, when we talk about reading things, you have to read the Bitcoin standard. I realize that the word Bitcoin is in it, but it really focuses on the the function of money, the function of the gold standard and how that's transitioned. It is, it is a, a cryptocurrency Bible. So please read that. You may have to read it two or three times, but it gives you that overall economics background, the things that you learned in high school and college. It's just a refresher, which then leads into what is cryptocurrency, because that's where this all boils from. Um, and then learning blockchain, I think, would be secondary to that. Fanzo, what do you think? No, I mean, I think it's a great resource. You know, I like getting paid to learn. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, Coinbase, and I'm not an affiliate. I have no connection to them. But oh, Coinbase yeah. is... Yeah, they rolled out an incentive program. So you just created an account on Coinbase. And I believe you can you can almost earn, I think it's like, it's like, third. I mean, it ends up being like $35 worth of Ethereum for nothing, for going through these courses. And they're actually really well done. I know two of the creators um, that were hired through Coinbase. And so they have like very, you know, smart tutorials on what is the difference between a digital wallet and a digital marketplace. And they'll have one about what is the difference between uh, a hot wallet and a cold wallet uh, and there it sounds like there would be basic they're not actually that basic they have pretty detailed questions I failed the very first one I was like I was that guy that like clicked right through all of it I was like I'm just going to the questions like I'll, I'll just get I'll get all the questions right uh, and of course I didn't I got, I got too wrong I was like oh well, now I can go back and and see what they were talking about but yeah if you just go to coinbase.com and then you just click on I believe the here I can pull it up right here as I'm doing it uh, you can there's a look a little learning section and, yeah, and like each learn and they, and earn. Awesome. yeah there you go learn and earn they see they, they make it simple there and i tell you what like there twice i paused and took a screenshot because i was like wait they're explaining that better than 
I do, like they've done a really good job on like everything from like you know knowing the difference between social tokens and uh, you know the difference between an altcoin. Uh, and so there is some really good ones. And the other cool thing about it is they also um, like open up new learnings. Um, like I think it's every other week they have like a new section so that you can earn different you know coins in these different places. And I think that's part of it, right? Part of it is being willing to learn. And I, and I would just say you know Brooke on the end here, you know it's very easy for us to be scared of the unknown, but I think it's also very important for us to not bash or break down the things that we don't know. And I think it's very easy for us to say NFTs sound silly and stupid, why would I pay for a JPEG? Without us first kind of leaning in and understanding, I, I think the way Gary Vaynerchuk talked about vFriends, I think is the very best way I've heard anyone talk about NFTs. And, and I will give Gary a shout out. You don't have to love his hustle culture, you don't have to you know, read all of his books, but I will tell you the content he is putting out around translating NFTs and the disruption of blockchain, I would also think is really good. But Brooke, I, I loved, I, I went on a little uh, Brooke, uh, you know, TikTok uh, rabbit hole last night on, uh, <laughs> what, I saw your one, you're like, I can't believe I got this many views because I was talking about this. And I was like, how the hell did you get that many views? And then of course, like an hour later, I had you know, gone through the entire library of Brooke Lacey uh, <laughs> content. So um, great stuff that you got over there on TikTok. So yeah, I highly recommend checking that out. And uh, yeah, there's some, I tell you what, the NFT space is just, it's a beautiful culture on Twitter. If you are not active on Twitter or you used to be active on Twitter, it's a great time to come back. Twitter's been my favorite platform for forever, but right now, like in this moment, I think Twitter is the best it's ever been as a platform because everyone there is celebrating each other and sharing information so openly. So I definitely recommend Twitter as well. I love that so much. Thank you for talking about Coinbase because I'm going to teach a okay so I'm, I'm plugging this i've never plugged this but i'm doing a free master class what he's talking about is um i did a TikTok video and again you guys i've been successful in the past just talking to the camera so this isn't like new for me but it was very interesting when i said look i was told that it would be beneficial to teach women um, who maybe are in a difficult situation maybe a, an abusive relationship how to um, you know, buy and, and invest cryptos because it's anonymous and it's, um, you know, private. And it just blew up. There's like 700 comments saying, yes, please do this. Yes, please do this. And so free masterclass on Saturday, um, I guess DM me crypto or something. And you can sign up for that. I'm going to be a whole program because women want this. They really do. And they need it to understand financially how it, how this can work for them. And the only reason why I was able to get out of a difficult situation um, and be able to, to get divorced is because I had my own money and because, and crypto was a big part of that. So I never quite think about that because I have had that type of life, but there's so many out there. And, you know, I know it's not just women. Um, that's just what I'm focusing on right now. So all of these things, amazing. I love Twitter too. And Discord so I know Discord can be a little confusing, and I know your kids are probably on Discord. Do you think it's just for a, gaming? A little confusing? Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's so true, Fizz. It's so true. So, yeah, if you can handle it a little bit, I, it is. It's actually really confusing with the servers and stuff. Um, but since I've been able to, like, utilize that with some of the stuff my son does, I've kind of learned it. But I know we're, we're going over. I think we're closing the room. But um, just – stick around clubhouse you can go through the hallway right now and if you put in your interests on your settings in clubhouse if you put in your interests like 
crypto or NFTs and, uh, you know, cyber, stuff like that, you'll start seeing that in your hallway. Um, going over to a room um, with God Cloud, at, I think right now it's starting, talking about NFTs. And um, th there's just so many experts on this app, so many experts. And now that room's going to be a little bit higher level. And then there's other ones that are just simply talking about NFT drops, right? So these artists that are doing these huge things, they need to promote that, right? So if I drop the, you know, motherboard tattoo NFT, um, it, it, I, you would do some type of marketing. It would be a, 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 a NFT drop. So you're going to see those rooms. They're going to be talking about certain things. Just pop in. There's tons of crypto rooms. Um, and, and we're just going to do as many as possible and, and get the information out there because it, it's absolutely, the future is now. This is where you need to be. You're in on the very, very beginning. We're early adopters of early adopters. And that's that's a great place to be. Best time to buy crypto was, you know, 10, 11 years ago. The next best time is now. That's how this works. Even though it's this huge amount, you don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. You can buy a very small fraction and, and then be a cryptocurrency owner and an investor. And you can call yourself that. So it's very exciting. Did anybody have any any uh, last words? Any other questions? Um, yeah, real quick. Can I? Uh, yeah. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Um. The 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 room that you were talking about that that's in an hour actually that I'm doing. Oh, good. Sotheby's Institute. Uh, we're gonna be just talking about the uh the relationship between fine art and uh the NFT space and how they've intersected, how they've affected one another. So that'd be a cool room for, you know, some people to come into and hang out. And also, too, I used to teach basics rooms. I haven't been because I'm really busy. But if anybody wants to team up and start doing those again, let me know. We can start doing those and just go over the complete basics. And anybody looking to make NFTs, you go to godcloud.org. Click the NFTs Made Simple tab. I walk you through in three steps how to make your first NFT completely free. You don't need any crypto in your wallet. So check that out. And, yeah, that's all I got to say. Appreciate being here. Uh, thanks for passing me the mic, Brooke. Everybody have a good one. Thanks, God Cloud. We appreciate you. Brooke, uh, can I mention also yes. that they can also look up uh, the word metaverse also and uh, find anyone who or clubs that have that term and you'll usually get a general education on all the other things because inside of the metaverse are all these other uh, terms. And I just wanted to speak to God uh, Cloud's point earlier when he was uh, going back to the title. And I wanted to say that the metaverse uh, won't, won't end Facebook because Facebook has already started their own metaverse. Uh, and and uh, like I was saying to, I think it was Kelsey earlier, um, you know, we, I've been doing um, rooms that uh, search the metaverse. We do world hopping inside the metaverse on Saturdays. And we've been going to Horizon, uh, Facebook Horizons uh, metaverse uh, since uh, sometime earlier this year when they when they opened it up for beta. And um, you can you can go into that world, you can create your avatar. If, and, and if you have an Oculus headset, it's easy uh, to, to do. Uh, Workplaces has allowed it so that you can do it from your browser. You don't even need an Oculus headset. Um, and I think that they were already waiting to transform into this metaverse. They, they had announced earlier this year that they were going to be defined as a metaverse. So 
you know, people that have been surfing the metaverse had already taken note of that. So to see them um, come up in, in this time and, and then take this uh, bad, you know, uh, press and turn it into some good press, you know, it's not surprising because maybe they, they've been trying to do this, uh, you know, for a while. So this is a good place for them to parlay into the next thing. Uh, and, you know, that's all I wanted to say. I normally do um, conversations on, uh, you know, NFTs and metaverse for beginners. Um, and, you know, I follow those kind of rooms. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can always follow people that are talking about it and you'll see those rooms pop up in your hallway. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you. That's that's amazing. Um, I'm being told that I can just keep going. <laughs> um, by, is it Baiju? I've been following you for a while, and I I think I'm saying your name correctly. Hey, Brooke, it's Baiju, but in India, Baiju. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. How are you doing, Brooke? I'm so good. How are you? Thank you for coming in. Do you wanna? Um, what? Let me ask you this. What's your explanation of the metaverse? Because you haven't been listening, but I think we do all, uh, as technologists, want so badly for people to understand that it isn't a the name of a company, but it is the, it is a sort of an existential um, place that we're all entering into. But it's kind of already here. But would love to have you chime in. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I first heard last night that uh, there's a potential change of. Uh, Facebook becoming Metaverse. Uh, I haven't heard much about it, but just in terms of the name, Metaverse, is that this thing that exists now, we've put a name to it. This community, this um, atmosphere, this uh, this entity that we're all part of. You know, we energy joins the dots, we join the dots. I think Clubhouse, audio, so, excuse me, audio social has created a, a way of communicating like we didn't even know existed where audio on its own without video without a moving picture can be so powerful i think everybody before audio thought that um we need a video and pictures which is a powerful medium so the metaverse i think it's just a, a label for something that we already exist in is it the matrix is it an alternative matrix i don't know so um i'm just i've, I've heard you're talking about crypto and and other things around that so i'm just really interested in that context so uh, i'm very new to the conversation in terms of the metaverse i've learned, learned uh, keen to learn more but my my initial instinct is this is facebook's next step to not be a, just a social media platform but a uh, an entity where we are a part of whether we like it or not i don't know whether that makes sense but that's what it take. does i i love it um somebody did ask a while ago like is it like the matrix and i think we all as tech geeks kind of as i just did kind of cock our head to the side like is it uh, you know like kind of but it's it's like a, a i think the matrix is something that that exists without our knowledge like that's more kind of a nefarious way of of controlling people where yeah. like that concept not the movie but of course the movie does talk yeah. about the the well, concept right yeah. and like yeah, but like the metaverse is this place where where we all exist in it. Like even here, just listening to my voice without actually seeing my face, you know, seeing the, my voice come out of my face is is part of the metaverse, and it's this idea yeah. that you can what, still feel. As, 
as you were saying, as you were speaking there, Brooke, you know, I don't want to, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I'm sure we're all exposed to different, what, you know, whether it's the pandemic, COVID or other things is, is this another, I don't know, another, uh, another domain of what we call the sort of the hierarchical Illuminati starts conversation. Am I going off a tangent that we don't want to enter? I don't know. You know, are we being controlled? Are we free? Are we free? Look what's happened with the pandemic. Depending on which way you want to approach it, it could be nope. This is like, this is beyond just uh, some sort of virus. There's other stuff happening. So, you know, yes. the way I look at it is each day we can only control what you can control, what you perceive you can control, and uh, yes. do good by others. Yeah. So anyway, we'll leave there's it there. this video. No, no, I want to have this conversation. I do things a, a little different, especially when it gets to be a little casual. It's just a conversation, right? Because I. I jump in, but I don't want you to think I'm interrupting, you know, don't worry if, if you jump in and interrupt me, but there's this great video on TikTok with, of this comedian. It's like, you don't believe in any conspiracy theories. I mean, I understand not all of them, but you don't, you don't believe in any conspiracy theories. And it's just funny. Like, he's like, you think the government's just batting a thousand and, you know, telling us everything we need to know. And so it's kind of this concept of like, if this is such a fluid thing, uh, that that terminology is so funky, right? Like, yeah. do I believe yeah. in all the conspiracy theories? Exactly. Just some just, of them? <laughs> I'm sure most of us have worked in some sort of corporate entity, whether it's a small company or big sort of big blue chip. We know there's a conversation by the water cooler that just needs to be had, but it's not going to be minuted. It's not going to be a thing. We just need to sort of edge it away. Now, are we trying to say that everything they tell us is the absolute 100% truth? No way. But what do we choose to believe? What we do, what what we don't believe? I don't know. Now look, I don't know if you recently heard in the UK we had this petrol shortage, right? And uh, all of a sudden people went to the gas stations and fill up, and there was massive queues. One theory is this: is because of the lockdown, nobody was driving cars, and apparently there's a there's a there's a best before date on fuel. And one conspiracy is well. This fuel's gonna, if we don't get rid of this fuel, it's not gonna be use. So tell you what, why don't we just put out there, there's a slight shortage of lorry drivers or this, because we need to get rid of this fuel really quickly in a short space of time. Let's create a panic so people fill up quickly. Now that's one conspiracy theory. Now, you can think actually just, you can hear the logic in that. Now whether it's true or not, I don't know. You can hear the logic. So that's just one example of you choose to what you choose to believe what you believe. Exactly. And then what I was saying earlier about the girls that came up to me at the conference I spoke at last week, uh, fans, I totally spoke at a conference. It was awesome. Um, and and I did, really she did an incredible job, by the way. Let me just throw that out there. Love you, friend. Love you, Beijing. You, All of y'all, man. Incredible people. Marcus, man, I didn't see you there. How you doing, my friend? What Show up, fam? It's good to hear your voice. Man. I'm just listening to you. Let me hush. And she you, totally spoke at a conference. <laughs> Yeah, and, and my talk was called Technology is Your Best Friend. And I did kind of like wing parts of it because I didn't want to, you know, get all geeky and, and start saying stuff where they glaze over. Um, but I did say some things about crypto. And a couple of girls came up afterward and was like, you know what? You changed my mind. I want to know more about it. And I kept telling my friend or husband or whatever the case may be uh, that it's just fake. It's just fake. That's not real. And I think the point that we're all trying to get here is, is do your own research and there's so much information out there that there wasn't even 10 years ago or 15 years ago there's so much information and i know it's hard to sift through but all we want you to do 
is is learn just take take it one step at a time and just learn the basics you don't have to become a blockchain developer by next week or ever you just have to understand because your life is about to change it's a paradigm shift right yeah part of that learning though also is taking total responsibility so do your research do your learning and then if you choose to invest in crypto property nfts is then don't go to the, to, the, to the person who educated you and say, well, it's your fault if I lost money or not money. Take total responsibility. Yes. Do your research, whether you choose to research one website or a thousand, do your research and understand your risk averseness and your risk profile and then take total responsibility whether you invest a dollar or a million dollars. That's what I was Right. We're not financial advisors. We just we just really like crypto. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And that's the other thing I'll say about Clubhouse is, right, it's very easy is we have a responsibility, especially if we're on stage, we've got this green bean and we've got X number of followers. The perception from the outside world is, oh, we are, we know it all with the excess. We're not. We just happen to be on Clubhouse the longer time. That's all. That's the only, when I see someone with a lot of followers, yeah, they might have some value, but there's probably people in the audience who've got tremendous value, haven't got a green bean and got about five followers. But so the judges, the judgment on in terms of um, uh, listening to someone is listen to them and have the consistency around them and but take total responsibility for your decisions. Hope that helps. Oh my gosh, yes. And something that happened to me a couple of times, uh, and I think it's just out of naivete, but don't ever ask anybody how much crypto they have. <laughs> and I tell the story to um, Beju. I built a mining computer in 2010 and people think, and it, it was only 10 years ago, right? It was... I think it was 2011. It was only 10 years ago. So I think people forget there's got to be this perspective that you got to understand that in 2009, when, or let's just say 2011, it was worth uh, 0.01. It could have been at that point a dollar. I honestly can't remember, but it was, it was, it was a fraction of a dollar. It was not worth anything. But the amount of electricity that it was taking for us to run all these graphics cards to actually mine it on that particular blockchain, that iteration was co costing us thousands of dollars a month. It was, we couldn't see it. We couldn't see what was happening. And the thing, the Bitcoin we mined are absolutely part of the 4 million that are just lost forever. So if you think about it, 4 million, um, a lot of people who were mining Bitcoin back then, um, that's essentially kind of the only way you could get it most of the time is mine it yourself and we can totally get into that if you want but uh i think so, we had 700 you know we so, had so brooke can I, a lot. can I ask you a question can i ask you a question yeah yeah i i've recently come into crypto i've you know i've bought a few um i've bought a few i've heard about ethereum and bitcoin but there's new cryptos coming all the time and i try and do research but then you can listen to 10 people saying this is a great one and one saying oh this might be a scam whatever what you know, what, what, what would be the three, four basic fundamental things to look out for, for me to take total responsibility in terms of investing in crypto? Do I go for the old school Bitcoin, Ethereum and, uh, Ethereum and that's it? Or do I look at new, new crypto? Sorry, I was reading something. Um, it, here's the thing. It's not necessarily new crypto. I think what you're referring to is like altcoins, uh, Dogecoin, Shiba. Uh, Cardano, Solana, like all of these words, right? Like I could just keep throwing out words. And what it is, is that each of these 
cryptocurrencies, let's call them that, um, these altcoins have a different utility. So for example, Algorand, there is a, a coin, a cryptocurrency called Algorand. And I'm obsessed with it because of, because of the fact that it doesn't, it, it uh, takes care of the environmental issue. Because if you think about it, Bitcoin mining is an environmental issue. It's sucking up electricity. Um, that's why graphics cards manufacturers now sell graphics cards that doesn't allow for the um, the uh, modification to build mining computers. It's sort of like, you know, you can't buy a, a bunch of Sudafed anymore. You have to buy, does that make sense? So Bitcoin has this environmental problem. And so all these altcoins came out, Algorand being one of them. It's built on the Algorand um, blockchain. So each of these, when we say the blockchain, we mean blockchain technology. However, when, because I'm like standing here in the living room, like moving my arms, like, however, the altcoins have their own blockchain or they're, some of them are built on the same one, like Polkadot or, you know, there's just, like I said, all these words. So each has their own utility and they all have a white paper. White paper has been around since the dawn of time. It's literally just an explanation. It's a cliff's notes. It's just, what is this thing? Bitcoin is, you know, has a white paper that you should read. The altcoins have a very specific utility. Ethereum blockchain broke off and that was the first one that wasn't Bitcoin. And that has a smart contract piece of it that is not part of the others, right? So Algorand, again, going back to that, has this utility that is doesn't require mining and it doesn't require certain things that is required on Ethereum. So with Algorand, that's it, now this NFT society it, or community is utilizing things like that because of the fact that it lowers the cost because there's not this huge electricity. So the utility of that is different than uh, Shiba coin or Dogecoin, which everyone you know thinks this is so silly. It was a joke, but anything that's built and that people believe in and there's a social aspect to it can then become valuable. So all of these altcoins have a utility. They each have a blockchain technology um, base to them. And so that's what makes them secure. Um, but it's similar to uh, the US dollar versus the yen versus um, the, the all of the different currency that yeah. is around the world. That's kind of kind of how that differs. So I just see. always remember that it has a utility. And then there's the, the, the decentralized applications that go with all of these, meaning now we can have secure applications and that's being built right now. But it is definitely hard to um, break into the monopoly of the Facebooks and the, you know, the huge big tech for all of these decentralized applications to become the norm, to become adoptable. I, I find also, yeah, no, no, I, I get where you're coming from. I think for me, that comes up with more sort of interesting questions that I need to research. I, TikTok for me is a really, I find a lot of knowledge on TikTok uh, around crypto and stuff. There's some really good stuff. Is that a good place to, to sort of investigate and research? I found some new coins a few weeks ago. I'm trying to find the videos, but I can't find them. But um, yes, I find that's yes, a good yes. place. Yes, um, TikTok's a great place for just kind of learning in general. I think that 
to understand like what to invest in because remember there's there's mining there's purchasing and holding that's just kind of owning it and then there's or sorry investing and then there's trading so there's a lot of people that that trade crypto and that's exactly like day trading stocks and that's that's kind of like third that's you got to understand the basics then the secondary and then thirdly you can sit and trade cryptos and you have to really understand what each of their utility is and then just like in the stock market be able to see the you know be able to determine what's going to happen in the future and should i buy into this you know like i said with algorand it's not just this interesting name it actually serves a purpose and it serves a purpose for something that i'm consulting on and i see it as the future um and so i purchased that right um do i think it's going to you know be a certain thing time will tell just like anything else but tiktok's a great place um there's coinmarketcap.com um lots of different actually specific to to trading and then you can kind of see where everything is like um solana coin has like surpassed uh the growth of bitcoin i may be saying that wrong but cardano uh, solana has has surpassed that so there's lots of different charts. TikTok's great. I do see a lot on Instagram. There's a lot of different accounts on Instagram. Um, yeah. So I think we're I think we're gonna have many more conversations in the future, Brooke. Um, I've, uh, I love I've that. Followed you here and Instagram, so uh, I'll be I'll be messaging you on Instagram. Great. Thank you for that, Brooke. Really interesting. I'm around. Love that. I um. So I I have to go. I just realized I missed a meeting, um, and I also have to go to a funeral. So. Um, my grandmother lived a long 96 years and, um, we're going to go say our, our goodbyes to her, but I appreciate everybody sticking around and, and finding this fascinating. Beju, I'm so, so grateful you came in. Um, this was really cool. So I don't know if you guys want to keep the conversation going or close the room. Nate, are you there? He's on the phone. Um, I never know quite know what to do at the end. I think we're closing up. So I'm going to close the room unless anyone has an objection. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.